You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We've got a very special guest on uh, today that's uh, in Pennsylvania. And Steve Ronaldo was just up visiting with Jerry and we've got... Uh, Jim Weber in today. It's it's sort of I don't know what to do with the full deck here. It's scary. It's we haven't scary. had a full deck in years. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, it's it's been a, it's been a long time. But anyway, we're we're glad to have you all listening in to the Classic Car Show, and uh, we're glad that Steve and um, and uh, Jim are both here today, and that uh, we've got our very special guest from the. From Jerry's Classic <laughs> Car Museum up in Potts is it Pottsville? Is that right? Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Jerry. And I'm going to turn it over to the to the brain. Well, they're not brains. You you put them both together, and they have a half a brain. But well, we're uh, car guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, so I'll turn it over to Jim and Steve. Well, it, it's it's fumes that cause all this, yeah, David. Fumes, fumes. Yeah, yeah. Um, New car fumes or old car fumes? It, well, and in it's Steve's case, yeah, yeah. Well, and Brasso. In and as old, case, as, as old as these guys are, Jerry, mm-hmm. they both have lots of gas. <laughs> no, that's yes. Lipitor. Yeah. Lipitor does that too. Yeah, too. <laughs> we were we were just up there on that tour about three weeks ago on the vi- on the vintage co- tour based in Lancaster. That's where we found found you guys. You were one of the stops on the tour route that uh, Jeff had arranged, and uh, it, it for wanting to think of another way to describe your location, I think eclectic sort of fits the bill. <laughs> You've got one of everything. Well, uh, t- tell us what, about it, Jerry. Well, when we built the museum, I, uh, I, and I, I tell everybody this, and the folks listening out there in uh, the uh, webland there, uh, most of us guys, and Steve, Jim, you know this as, as well as anybody, we buy a car, and then we buy a couple of signs and hang up, and the next thing you got a man cave. Well, I just ended up with a bigger man cave than most people, and we started to call it a museum. And uh, that was almost 20 years ago, and uh, after uh, a lot of collection, collecting and people donating, uh, my wife and I, Janet, uh, and I are very proud to have a museum to really save that history of the automobile for 100 years. Your, your, tell us about your building. Is your building an old, famous building or a manufacturing building downtown? Well, or it is, it is an old, famous building. When we bought the building, it was, it's a big 10,000 square foot uh, heavy one foot thick wall brick and as we were cleaning the building 20 years ago to get the debris out to use it for storage we found uh, some writing on the ceiling and stuff like have your radiator thoroughly flushed have you checked your brakes lately Uh, to come to find out after we purchased it it was the Morgan Studebaker dealership from the early 1900s, a matter of fact, at one point they still were selling Studebaker wagons, and in about the 20s they went into the Studebaker automobiles, and uh, so the building actually has a lot of history in the historical area of Pottsville, because the street we're on, Center Street, was the automotive row, or automotive district of the 20s and 30s. 
How, how long did it take you all to come up with the, the clever name of the museum? Uh, Jerry's Classic Cars Collectibles? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I looked at, at my name one time, and I said, I'm Jerry, and this should be Jerry's. <laughs> but but with that, I could have called it Janet's. Now, she didn't work in a gas station and play in a band and work on cars, but I did. And growing up in the, uh, they call this Schuylkill County, uh, I worked in gas stations as a kid and uh, did the drag racing and custom the cars. And, you know, it was the lifestyle of the 60s. And uh, I Didn't really have a all? passion for it. Yeah. Yeah, we I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm drinking your Kool-Aid. You know, we, we used to, uh, back. I guess we all worked at a fill-in station. At, yep. and they were called fill-in stations back then, and, yes, and yes. Uh, a car would drive up and five guys would attack it, and I was one of the attackers, you yes. know. War, Warren Spiels S.O. Yeah, uh, and mine and was I, Jerry I Shell. We had a lot of S.O. memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the tiger. I remember the tiger's tails that we had that to was give golf. away. That was golf. Ball. No, oh. no. T- oh. Put a tiger in your tank. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So, so, before it became Exxon. So, put the tiger in your tank. And those t- tails that you've seen up there, Steve and Jim, Steve, those tails you don't want to mess with them much because they are original and they're that dried out and brittle. I leave them in the showcase for display. But I found them, and uh, folks listening, you ever want to build a museum? It's, it's a long, long, tedious road, and uh, you got to really search around and talk to people and go to shows. But I was very fortunate, Steve. There was a gas station closed for 20 years, and uh, I inquired about what was going on with it. And the uh, estate attorney called me one time and told me how much I had to pay him, and I could go in and have everything in the place. Wow. And that's where we got the collection of Atlas, because Esso stations, as you know, sold all Atlas uh, products and batteries. Yeah, and tires. I remember yeah, Atlas, Atlas tires. tires yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we have those all scattered around the museum and about 100 more that you didn't see down in the basement. Yeah, I, 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 what was interesting is we, we went there, and, and when we got in, we walked around on the street level, <clears throat> and there were some, some commercial photographers, or somebody was there at the same time, and I heard them say... Well, we're going back upstairs and take pictures. And I asked the guy sitting there, I said, what's upstairs? He said, more stuff. I didn't even know there was an upstairs to your thing. And you've got tons of stuff upstairs, too. Well, yeah, the upstairs was uh, what we call the second phase that we never intended on doing. (laughs) We had that door closed. It was all storage. And uh, to tell the listeners, if you come to Pottsville, upstairs is a drive-in theater. There's a snack bar. There's an old whole region bar room there's a barber shop a millinery and how about that parts store in the back with hundreds of parts and tailpipes yeah the old the old the old original parts store stuff yeah i was sort of looking for some maxwell parts but i didn't see any no no but i do have some porter walls there i don't know how many listeners remember the porter wall oh yeah 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 to pay for your tires yep yep now now how 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 many of those have you uh steve and jim how many when you worked in the, as you call down there, the filling station, how many of those on a Saturday did you break the uh, beat of a tire and have to put them on and beat them and put them on? Oh, what a pain those things were. Oh, yeah, and I can tell you they came from Rappaport's Auto Parts. I knew exactly. You're down on 2nd Avenue, you go down in the morning, pick up three or four sets of them, 
And when you were in high school, of course, you got all your buddies, and you sold them the porta walls. Right. Yeah. Right, and then everybody was cool because now you're riding around with the white fake whites. white wall. Yeah. J.C. Whitney and Warshawski. Yeah, 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 but, but Rappaport's that, that, that was, was that. Quite the thing, and, uh, you know, uh, being in your age group, which we're all together, I think if, I don't know what it was down at your area in uh, the south, but we got a quarter a tire, 25 cents for taking it off the car, breaking the bead, and beating the porta wall on the porta wall was a dollar, and you charged a quarter for installation. <laughs> that was big money then. Yeah, yeah. Well, all I can say about those is then it, you sold them a can of Whiteley's White Wall Tire yeah. Cleaner yeah. to right. go with it's it. It's still out there. That's yeah, that's yeah, it. And it yeah. Still that, works. That's still out there. Yep. The White Wall Cleaner. We still use it. Yeah, and it still works. What's this millinery? That's a lady's hat shop. That's yeah. That's a lady's hat shop. I couldn't spell it. I had to have my wife spell that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, but we built a barber shop, and uh, as uh, the, the interesting part of the museum, I had ads in the paper as we talked about, and wanted to buy stuff. And uh, a lady called me up and said, "Well, I have some old hats." I said, "Okay." I said, "Bring them down." When she from her church, they had a church. Uh, little flea market and she didn't sell them she brought them down i gave her twenty dollars well my gosh that week every church lady there was came down with a box of old hats so we ended up incorporating with the old-fashioned barber shop the hat hat display the old coats the furs the those minks they put around their neck and yep. took the, the the jaw of the mink and locked it so we ended up that's how the millinery uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you start out with the cars downstairs for storage, and that's a part of the story. Steve, we got to tell people, I only bought the building to store cars, and the museum came along on its own. <laughs> it just kind of grew. I, I would venture to say that some of those hat boxes are worth more than the hats. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and we do keep those out of the sun in, in pristine condition, and they're, and they're uh, really kind of neat looking, a lot of them. And we have the old steamer trunks in there, and... Uh, the old curling irons and the old portable hair dryer and and in the one case excuse me in the one case is quite a collection of something that people have forgotten about uh, you watch the old movies of the 30s 40s Betty Davis and all we have quite a collection that people gave me of old cigarette lighters were that were quite fashionable back in those days Wow uh, that's amazing I'll bet you you've got some of the old early Ronsons. Yeah, well, I, I don't know the name of them, yeah. uh, Dave, but uh, we do have a collection of those in a glass case. So everything's in glass cases, but it's kind of interesting how the millinery came together uh, just starting out with some hats. Yeah. Can you get a haircut? Can you get a haircut in the barbershop? Well, if you'd see the guy in the barbershop, I don't know if you'd want that barber to cut your hair. <laughs> no, probably not. No, he's been if dead took for... Any pictures, if they took pictures of that guy, Dave, you'd, you'd say, well, we'll wait. <laughs> well, then again, Steve has no hair. I mean, uh, Jim has no hair to cut anyway. So. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the thing uh, about the museum, and uh, I know what a lot of people like, are all my mannequins, and it's hard to get handsome mannequins. You can't get a good guy mannequin, so we had to put a toupee on him and fix him up and set him in the barber chair. And, and actually, those were fake legs there's, on him because he didn't have any legs. There's a lot of them in Washington. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I'd have to I'd have to go along with that. Yeah. So, the, let's talk about. Well, wait a second. It's about time to uh, take a break. I would think here on well, America's Web break. Radio. That, that, we, well, I take that back. We've got a few minutes to go. Um, let's talk more about your cars and stuff. What What have you got? Yeah. Uh, well, we have a nice collection of cars in there. We'll, we'll start off with uh, how I kind of came to get them is that I'm in the uh, used car business. We, we have a pre-owned or used car dealership. Uh, we stock about 50 cars. And uh, back 20-some years ago, 25 years ago, we, we traded in a 66 uh, Dodge Coronet convertible. And I still have that car. And that was the first one. And then we traded in a 71 Buick Skylark two-door hardtop. And it needed painted, but it was a one-owner. And now I have these setting in my yard. And now I start looking around and renting garages for $50 a month. And uh, that's kind of how we ended up. One day I said to my wife, you know, we got about four collector's cars, including a fire truck. You know, we can't leave them sit in the backyard and get, you know go bad so so we were renting space and i kind of talked her into the thing so well you know what we pay in rent we could afford we could buy a building and pay that on a mortgage so uh driving around pottsville one day we seen the building and put a bit into the bank it was a bankruptcy deal and it was in very deplorable condition but that's how the cars all started and that's how the building started so we have a 66 dodge coronet convertible one of only uh, about 1,200 were made of those. And it has, the 66 Dodge Coronet Convertible has the same interior as our 66 Dodge Charger. They use the same center console, same fabric, everything, and the center console uh, tachometer. Uh, Jerry, let me stop you there. It is time to take a break now, and we'll okay. find out more about it when we come back right after this message. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. 
You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And uh, you're listening to America's Web Radio. We're back on the air with uh, Jerry. And uh, Jerry, I'm s- your last name. I'm sorry. Enders. E N D E R S. Enders. I'm sorry. I, I had it written Remember down. Remember Fenders. And just take off the S, huh? Yeah, just just Fenders. Shiny Fenders from Enders. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a wonder you didn't add that to yeah. to, to the name of the museum. Yeah, well, we do that at the car lot. Yeah, enders, sort of end all here at our museum. Well, the the neat thing is you're in a building that housed the Studebaker dealership. That's incredible. Right, and to tell you some more history on that, Steve, is that that's what made it really kind of cool when we bought it. We already had the 51 Studebaker bullet nose that we bought over at Carlisle at uh, fall, fall, no, spring Carlisle, spring Carlisle. Uh, many, many, over 20-plus years ago. And I seen this bullet-nosed Studebaker, and I just thought they're the coolest-looking car, the Land Cruiser. And we bought it from a gentleman from Ohio, and that was sitting in the yard with the uh, Coronet and a few other cars. And uh, like I said, we needed the houses. So when we found out it was Studebaker, then I bought a 62 uh, Hawk then as well that we have in there and uh, wanted to keep some Studebaker cars. But I really like the Studebaker Land Cruiser bullet nose. It, it's such an interesting car that gets so much conversation. Now, your Land Cruiser's a four-door, right? Right. Your Land Cruiser's a four-door with the little extra window in the right. back. That's the largest one with the footrest right. inside, the little rope on the back of the seat that the kids could stand up and hold on to when you didn't have to sit down. Yep. Um, those days, Mom and Dad going down the road, and you're holding on to that little strap, and you're getting yelled at, sit back. Don't sit down. You're in my ear. <laughs> I've heard that before. Steve had a two-door with the wraparound back window. Yeah, the coupe, Starlight Coupe. The coupe, the Starlight yeah. Coupe, yeah. They are cool. Yeah, I yeah. think so, too. They're neat. And you know, a lot of guys, Steve, really made some fabulous street rods out of those. Yeah, we had a guy I worked with at, at Hyundai out in California Had a did a pretty famous one that, all hot rotted up because they were weird shape to begin with. You already had the weirdness to start with, right? Yeah, and he put a, a small block Chevy. All in kinds it. of weird stuff. Yeah, he did. Right. Well, yeah. you know, you you can just make anything run with a good small block Chevy. Yeah, they just buy a crate motor. It's the best thing yeah. in the world. Yep. You put one of those in and and uh, turn the key and you're ready to go. Yep. Um, What's the oldest car you have in the museum? Uh, we have a 39 Oldsmobile 60 Series. That's a four-door with the extra window. The seat sets pretty far back. Uh, but we're a, we're a museum of the 50s and 60s, but how that came about, a very good friend of mine uh, that had passed away, he was sick, and he said, Jerry, I, I have this 39 Oldsmobile. It was in my family, and... Uh, never painted and steve you've seen it in there the great yes and uh he said i'd like to sell it to you for the museum i thought you know like well why don't you just donate it but anyway (laughs) you know we bought it steve we bought it and uh, it's just a gorgeous car it's in that gray gunmetal gray uh but the interior and all is such so pristine in it and that's our oldest car is the 39 olds but what was really unique and for the folks listening out there Nothing is more thrilling to a car guy than to buy a car and open the glove box, and in a big rubber band, 
finds every owner's card, a gas rationing card, a AAA card from the 40s, to put all that history. And if you remember, Steve, I had all that framed standing in front of that car. Yeah, you do. You have all to, that To stuff, add yeah. the history with, a, with an automobile, I, I think, is just a thrill. Oh, exactly. And especially if you get a tour in there or some young children... And you can show them all that because they didn't realize or probably had no Not conception yet. of of uh, gas rationing or gas lines under now Mr. Carter. Disc. Yeah. Yeah, get a disc or an app for your phone. Yeah. They don't do manuals anymore. <laughs> well, uh, funny story with that, if we can switch gears, so to speak. My granddaughter was in the museum, and, of course, we have the upstairs and downstairs the old phone booth the wooden phone booth with the dial phone and she wanted to use the phone and i said well jordan just go ahead in there and use the phone does that work i said yeah she comes out and says grandpa phone doesn't work i said well, what why doesn't it what are you doing she was poking her finger in the hole of the turn <laughs> and not turning it <laughs> I yeah said, you put your finger and then turn it <laughs> well, you know. hey that, that's i mean i i remember we had a, an earphone and a speaker thing on a little stand, and you clicked the thing twice to get the operator, and you just told her the number. That's before they even had a rotary dial. Well, now, now they said you're not that old, Dave. Uh, 107. No, I'm Jim. No, Dave. Oh, oh this I'm, is Jim now. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I can't see you there. Yeah, I know, and Dave, David walked off. Oh, did he? Yeah, right, he, yeah, he leaves us alone once in a while because he... All right, well, then, then we can say whatever. <laughs> yeah. So the oldest car in there is the 39 Oldsmobile, and then uh, the 58 uh, Chevy Bel Air, which Ooh. is kind of interesting, and uh, these are some interesting things maybe, uh, Jim and Steve, for the listener, but that 58 Bel Air in there, uh, it, it tells you that taking cash is king. I went to buy that about 18 years ago, I did see it along a road down in Mannheim, Pennsylvania here. We're on the way to the car auction, and I stopped and talked to the, the farmer that had it, and uh, he had an AACA sticker on it. Uh, he was a member of AACA and, uh, of course, went to a lot of rallies but got older, and he was ready to, you know, I just don't go. I'm going to sell my car. And uh, I looked at it in a rainy day, so I had to go look at it on a dry day to crawl under it. And, and uh, as it sits in the museum is the way I bought it, but... I took a, a, a roll of money, a roll of money along, Jim, in one pocket, and then I put a little extra in the other. So the best way to buy a car is to pull out one roll of money and say, well, here's what I have if you want to sell it. Now, you can hand them a check. That doesn't mean anything. But you get a good Dutchman and show him a roll of money about $5,000, he doesn't want you to leave. <laughs> yeah, it's called a farmer's roll. Yeah, and uh, so I had that, and I tell people that story in the museum, and they kind of get a chuckle, especially the people that are from the Lancaster area. I always say, how many of you are Dutch in here? Because uh, the Dutch like to save money, and they like to make money. So And they squeeze it. Yeah, 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 they, <laughs> yeah, the dollar bills up here are longer than most places. <laughs> they iron them out. But yeah, anyway, but, but, but the 58 Chevy Bel Air, and I, I think, Jim and Steve, you, you'll agree with this, uh, from what I've done research, the Bel Air hardtop is very rare because it was the leftover Impala chassis. They didn't have enough orders in 58 to fill the balance of the chassis, the hardtops. So they 
they made them into Bel Airs to sell them cheaper. Did you know that? No. Right. No. Wow. Well, that was kind of the history research that I've done and in talking with different people, and I don't like to put misinformation out there, but uh, everybody I've talked to and research I've done on it is what had happened. So they were running the Impala hardtop, and the Bel Air commonly is a two-door post or a four-door post car. Right. But at the end of the run in 58, they said, what are we going to do with all these hardtop chassis? We have no more orders for Impalas because they were more money. So they said, well, let's just make them Bel Airs and sell them off cheaper. And that's how we got that car, as a hardtop. That's that's interesting. I, I was never aware of that. Now, what do you have, a 283 in that or a six-cylinder? Yep, 283, power glide. Yep. And uh, kind of watching uh, some of these shows, Barrett-Jackson and Megum and all, they're always bragging about, oh, look at the look at the, uh, the generator. It has the power steering. Well, this has the generator and power steering unit all as one. Wow. So, so the car is very much original. Okay, that that's that's neat and yeah. expensive to fix. That that one piece is really expensive to fix. Yeah. Well, oh. we we hope it never breaks. You know the th- nice thing about and for for there again the listeners, the classic cars. I have a storage building for others that I have that I rotate to the museum and 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 as you come up in the spring or the fall or different times of year, you might see two or three cars, and next time you come up, there'll be different ones. But what's nice about the older cars, you, you, you put the, the cutoff on the battery or you unhook the batteries to be safe when they're sitting. You hook them up, you get in, pump the gas four or five times, and they start. It's not like these computer cars today. The, the computer <laughs> cars sure sit on happening. your car lot for two weeks and go out and try to start them. The batteries are dead because of the computer. The yeah. old girls just fire right up. Yeah. Do you run into any problems with ethanol when you store your cars? You know, I really haven't because uh, I try to run them all in the in, throughout the spring, summer, and fall. We take them out. We try to run them, stir up the gas, put some fresh gas down. in. And uh, maybe you can answer this, but I've had people tell me, keep the tanks full. People make mistake and only keep a couple gallon in, and then it can turn quicker on you. You're right. Yeah, it's the moisture. Yeah, that's the moisture because it, it's alcohol and it absorbs moisture. But right. uh, Steve and I both recommend either stable or, or yeah, one of the one other. Yeah, one of the ethanol treatments. Yeah, because right. right. that'll that'll save accelerator pump diaphragms and fuel lines and just about in fuel pumps. Right. So, well, we do that as well, but we've learned to keep our tanks full. Yeah. Even when they're sitting, and it has less chance of building moisture. Right. Yeah. We had uh, last week. Well, I guess it's time for a commercial. I'll tell you when when uh, I come back. I'll tell you. I've got a question for you uh, uh, about what happened. We'll see if you can. A couple weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? 
All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show, and we've got Mr. Steve Ronaldo, Jim Weber, and Mr. Jerry Enders from the, gosh, what was the name of his museum again? Jerry's Classic Car and Collectibles How Museum. How I ever forget something like that? Yeah, and it's Enders as in Fenders. That's right, shiny Fenders. <laughs> anyway, we had Mark Leshesky on, and he said, you guys... You sponsor or host a big car show in, in your town every year, and he was going to show up with a, a Cord L29. Did he do that? Yes, he did. And Mark's a, just a great guy. Uh, he does a great job down there at the ACA Museum. And uh, Mark and I got to be friends when he was with the Jack Rich uh, Museum and Collection, which is just a phenomenal collection. Yes, it is. You guys know of it. Yeah, Mr. Rich was quite the... Quite the collector. Yeah, yeah. He he has a, a just a, a wealth of cars and and the most beautiful cars I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, we, Jack and I, were very good friends as well. And that's how I got to know Mark. But yes, we had a big car show last weekend. Probably about five six hundred cars in downtown Pottsville. And uh, Mark did bring the uh, the vintage car up, and uh, we we had a great day. Beautiful weather, beautiful people, and uh, as you know. Jim and Steve, car people are the nicest people you'll meet. Yes. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Um, this whole area of Pennsylvania seems to be a hotbed of car shows, like McCungie. I've been to McCungie, and then there's one in Bucks County that I've been to, and it's and of course you got Radnor coming up shortly, but that's right. the, that's the high end, the highbrow stuff. Yeah, that's that's the high stuff. Yeah. You know that that's interesting too. Uh, you guys and, and myself, we've been around the museums, and everybody, uh, people ask you because you're giving tours, and they're asking you about, well, well how did you build this, or, or so-and-so has a museum. And I want to see if you agree. But museums, I generally tell people, are built to the owner's liking and his background and history of the automotive industry. I like agree. This, Mr. Rich collected vintage Mercedes and Duesenbergs and and uh, you know just all the fabulous cars of the world. I grew up in a in a period where my love is for the '50s, '60s, and the gas stations. Well, it, it you hit the nail on the head. The person that has the museum, the museum fits their personality. Right, and I can understand exactly what you're saying, and I I go all the way back to the D. Cameron Peck collection in Chicago uh-huh. and 
the eclectic and the European and the Highline cars at that time I saw a lot of growing up, but at the same time I was working in a gas station. But there we had a Ferrari 250 GT and a Fossil Vega 500K and, and stuff like that, but then we had the elderly Mrs. Hunting who had a Fleetwood sedan with the hydraulic power windows from the 50s, uh-huh. and she'd come in for service. Right. And, and then you get everybody's Chevy and Ford and stuff like is that, that in. why I collect torture devices? Yes. I have a rack and a y- yes. yeah. Iron Maiden and a few other things. Yeah, yes. I see. Yeah. I <laughs> well, my wife was wondering why I didn't just collect collect uh, those the little cars and stuff, the little matchbox cars. <laughs> you wouldn't need it ten thousand square feet. Yeah. yeah, you could have quite. A, you could you could have quite a few of them in yeah. the building. Yeah, and there are a lot in there. But there again, to our original conversation, I was out uh, when we built the museum, and, and to give a little background on that, uh, my wife Janet and I made. She's from Michigan, so uh, not far from Elkhart. We went into Elkhart. There was a real nice little car museum out there in a. Let's call it a pole building, but a nice size, nice collection of cars. The man made his wealth. Uh, he was, had the patent for the flip-top cardboard cigarette packs and the pop-open French fry cardboard cart. Oh. Uh, McDonald's. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the guy's name because I was in that museum. Right. And that museum, if you were in there, I said, wow, he, had, he built his museum like us. What was interesting, and, and this is a point I'm going to make on it, it was an interesting museum because he took time to write a little story about everything in the museum, and that's what we do. Everything you look at, you can read about it. Great. There's nothing worse than going into a museum and so, say, oh, well, that's nice. I wonder what it is. What it is, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you recall, I can't think of his name, but, you know, he's since passed away and they sold the museum. Yes, yes. All right. So you remember that one? Oh, oh, yeah. He he had a couple of... Well, I think he leaned more toward Fords than anything, Jerry. And he had a couple of gorgeous Woodies, and he had a 48 Cabriolet like the one Steve had, and uh, just some gorgeous cars. And if you recall, in his case, this this is what stood out in my mind, and I hope when people leave our museum, there's something stands out as well. But he had the story about Bonnie and Clyde and a picture of the letter... To Henry Ford, yep. and he had, and he had a, a, a one of the guns there, and the Tommy gun. But he, he had a, he had a story about it. And when people come into a smaller museum that has a lot of stuff and good stories and good history, they leave with something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that that makes it worthwhile. The, the the stories are as interesting as what you're looking at because <clears throat> every everything a, a lot of cars have stories that. I, a quick one of my favorites. I don't know if I, Jim has heard this one. I, I was doing judges training for AACA, and uh, I was with this team, and we were at some national meet, and there was one of those funny-looking Cadillacs that had the bustle back to Seville, uh-huh. and it only had like two thousand miles on it. And you know, it was. A <laughs> I asked the guy. I said, "There has to be a story here." He uh, he said, "Well." I, uh, I bought this car for my wife. Remember, it was a lavender color car. They had that goofy lavender color. Right. And he bought it for her birthday and snuck it in and put a bow on it. And she came out and looked at the car. 
and said, that's the ugliest damn thing I've ever seen in my life. I'll never drive that car. And he never got rid of it. It sat there forever. And then when she died, now he said, I'm going to show the damn thing just in her honor and put her name on it. He yeah. wins in the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, with that story, you were asking me at the last break uh, what else is in our collection. I just purchased a Ford, a 1976, which when you look at it, we're looking at the 70s, and then you got to do the math. Hey, that's 40 years old already. But a 1976 Ford LTD Landau four-door hardtop post. Are you familiar with that? <laughs> no. Not, right. yeah, and I mean, it was just a car. It was just a car. It was a used car. All right. But it's a 76 black Ford Landau four-door post, so hardtop. And that's how it's listed in the book, in my book where I do the research. When you open the doors, there's no frame around the window, but there is a post. So they call it a hard to- hardtop post. But the story on it adds that this car only has, and I bought it in December... It was built for Lee Iacocca's daughter, only 17,000 original miles on it. She didn't like it when it came to the dealership right out here in Pennsylvania because they were from Allentown. Right. Lee Iacocca. Yes. And her husband worked at Hometown Ford. It's got a whole history. And uh, they ordered the car in, and she didn't like it. And another local businessman that had a little money because it was a very expensive car at the time, the way it was equipped, he bought it and he called me and sold it to me now for the museum collection. So it's a 17,000 miles. And there again, Jim and Steve, I think, put a nice wax job and I can come to one of your concourse elegances with this car. It's an original, absolutely pristine, brand new car, yet I think it would be a show winner. And you know what, Jerry? I'll bet that car cost as much as a Lincoln. I'll bet it had so much added to it that you could... Well, it had four-wheel, which is unheard of in 76 in a lot of cars, four-wheel disc brakes, upgrade larger tires, 15-inch, and dual six-way power seats with climate control air. Yeah, yeah, and it it had the big 428 police interceptor engine. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was all fixed up, and it it was, uh, you know, it was uh, built for Lee Coca's daughter. And I'm trying to get documentation, and I've uh, sent emails and some letters to Lee Coca's people to see if he would just send back a verification that, yes, I did order this car for my daughter. Uh It would really add to the uh, excitement of the car. Oh, yeah. Well, how about Ford Archives? Would Ford Archives help you with that? You know, I didn't think of that, but I'm going to make a note of that here. Okay. Yeah. And do that. But anyway, as you say, that's how you end up with some of these cars. Oh, it's, it's incredible. You know, there's a car that you really ought to think about. Steve's got a Cadillac sedan, a 37, and uh, he he doesn't want to get rid of it because Tommy and Jimmy Dorsey's orchestra plays in the yeah, back plays seat. Yeah, in the back seat. Yeah, yeah. So big. <laughs> it's so big. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. they're right from Shenandoah here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. The Dorsey the, Brothers, and yep. we have a lot of Dorsey Brother memorabilia in the museum. Uh, I neat. think I have their clarinet in there, and they were right from Shenandoah, Pennsylvania. Well, yeah. we had our, our Model A up there on this tour, and I, I have a question for you as you live there. Uh, what What is the the uh, best stuff to use to get the Amish horse souvenirs off the underneath <laughs> of my Model A? Well, it's called really good soap and water. <laughs> yeah, you run.
run through a couple of those, you probably felt the bump. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, and, and, you know, other, is there a straight road in Pennsylvania that you don't have no, to turn? No, there every, was one once, and then they built a house. God, I mean, we did go, go two tenths, turn right. Go three tenths, turn left. Go four tenths, sharp left. Go four tenths, right left. Go two tenths, left. Oh, no, 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 no. You have it all wrong. Uh, to get there, you got to go somewhere else and up over the hill and then go to the left and then where the big building's at, turn right and you'll be there or around the other curve. I see Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) My wife, Janet, is from Michigan, as I said, lower Michigan. The roads are flat. She moves out here 25 years ago and her family comes to visit and they said, how do you get around out here? <laughs> well, we do a lot of tours in Pennsylvania. We do, we've do. we done Brass and, and now it, it used to be Brass and Bucks, now it's Brass and Burks. We've done quite a bit in that Lancaster area and we brought some of the old brass cars up there. And it, It's a nice area to tour in and you won't find any nicer people than those Amish guys. Well, and the, the food is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're all overweight up here. Well, and, and the ice cream. The momentum going down the hill. Yeah, we're on this tour, and they had a note. We went by Lebanon Levi's house. They had a note in the book. Look over, and that's Lebanon Levi. <laughs> well, there's a lot of Levi's out here, so you could pick one of many. Yeah. But it's like if you ever get out to uh, uh, out to Michigan there now, ship Shawana and all that's all Amish the same way. Yep. Is it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those roads are straight, so you can go around those those droppings. Jeez. <laughs> Let's go back to the collection for a minute. All right. Uh, okay. What's your favorite car? Absolute well, favorite. You couldn't do without. Well, uh, just you know, I I love them all. I kind of like Dennis Gage. You got to love them all. Yeah. But uh, our '58 Desoto we just purchased convertible. Wow. Uh, the fire fire sweep convertible two-tone green i waited five years for this car interesting story for the listeners i had an attorney call me i did the appraisal well we don't know and to get this car is just a dream they only made about 700 and there's only according to the desoto records there's only about 12 fire suites left and every year i would call the attorney for five years i said did the family decide to sell the car nope Five years went by, my phone rings, and it was the lady. She said, Jerry, I'm the lady that owns that DeSoto. Are you still interested? Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we went right up here in a garage. The, the front end was off. The motor was apart and got two rollbacks and a pickup, and we loaded everything up. But that was one of only 700 built, one of 12 left. And the fire dome that uh, Grant Miller just bought, if you remember that out in Auburn, last year was a fabulous dollar car that uh, 58 DeSoto that was a show winner do you remember that one no no, no. that car did uh, that car sold for 175 wow and it, it was a document it was just a gorgeous car now Ours, this of course is not that we have the fire sweep which is the lower model but that car is just so interesting of a car and one of the rarest cars we have I like that but then to answer your question directly is my 66 Stingray convertible, Nassau blue, four-speed, 327. The car that I had when I was 19 years old, and I don't have the exact one, but I had an opportunity five years ago to buy one with the same equipment. That's my car.
That's that's neat. That's your car, huh? Yeah. yeah. Let, let's back up a minute. The, let's go back to the the fire sweep. That had one four barrel and not two four barrels, right? Right, right. Yeah. This is just the smaller block one where the fire dome had the the early Hemi in it, the fire dome Hemi. Right. Uh, a little more power. So mine was the poor man's convertible of the DeSoto. Oh, it's a convertible. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. It's that's, two-tone that's green. so rare about it. Yeah. yeah. It's a fire sweep convertible, and the top was down on it in the uh, garage that we found it. And so we loaded it up, got it to our garage, and then we got it to a shop to start putting together. And lo and behold, we put the top up on it. It's the original green top in good condition. Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was in a wooden garage with a wooden floor. And folks listening, when you can find a car, and, and you guys know this, when they're in a wood garage with a wood floor, they don't get any dampness. Right, right. That's great. Yeah, that, yeah. I never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dirt floors and cement floors will kill them. Yep, yep. And uh, even in our building, a little guard care tip here, I don't know, you know, how you feel about it, but uh, I've told a lot of people, our warehouse and storage building, I put asphalt in there. I put blacktop in. Did you really? Because blacktop won't sweat and draw the moisture like concrete will. Right, yeah. Ah. we, We put a blacktop floor in our buildings, and many other owners of cars out here followed my lead on that. And I've done the same thing. That makes sense. I had never realized you, someone would do that. Right. Um, and then, then if you leak oil, which all the cars leak, I don't care if they're a $10 million car or 10000 Right. the oil just drops on the asphalt and soaks in. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, let's, let's keep going a little bit here, because I want to really talk about your cars. You've got a Camaro? Uh, we had early. a Camaro. Okay. But now we got another one. We got a '73 Z28 four-speed okay. car. I'll run down the list for you if you like, real yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have j- a just '70 Volkswagen Beetle, one owner, st- local car. People wanted us to put in a museum. What year? Uh, 1970. Okay. Uh, the, the coupe, the the Volkswagen Bug. Yep. And then we have a pristine '66 Chevy Nova four-door, one owner that we got from the original family. We have that really nice 1960 TR3 Triumph in there right at the gas pumps. And then my wife's car, her favorite, is the 69 Mustang Mach 1 in your classic red with the black stripes. Wow. That sits in the front. And then as we go to the back of the museum, you have the 58 DeSoto, a 52 DeSoto with the fire dome hemi in it the early model right but and another neat thing in there is the 52 dodge huckster truck a panel truck that was used in the coal region like down there you would have people selling fruit yes and stuff on yeah we ha- have a huckster's truck in there where they sold meat and produce uh so a little variety of stuff to see and then a 52 uh chevy pickup half ton beautiful truck in there and then the 62 studebaker hawk in there as well and then the 66 uh dodge charger restored is in there do you do you turn these cars over every now and then and and like say you sell one and you, you replace it with something else or do these are these well, always going to be here yeah i have i have some but a lot of the one owner ones that are in the museum like uh one that we didn't touch on and we have a, a couple minutes is the 66 uh, Plymouth Belvedere we have in there. 
It's a two-door hardtop push-button, and it's got a 426 wedge in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, now that's downstairs, and a little old lady called me on that, and, and when I went to see it, she said, well, I have a car, and it's got a 426 Hemi. Well, she was close, but I went right up there. It was in a garage, flat tires. I couldn't even crawl under it to check the belly to see how rusted it was. But we bought it. When I looked at that hood emblem and opened the hood and seen the 426 four barrel, I didn't argue with her. And I have the original title. It was a one-owner. Wow. A lot of one-owner cars in our museum that local people would call us because they would like their car put in the museum. So we rotate the inventory in there. And to answer your other question, we just bought a few cars that, yes, we do take them down to either Hershey or Carlisle. And we'll rotate uh, four or six a year. That helps bring income in to maintain the museum. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Good. Good. But, but our pristine cars that I just talked about, they're not for sale. Yeah. So, but you the do go to Hershey every year, right? The Triumph. They're not for sale. They, they were put there. The Huckster's truck, the, the gentleman passed away. His son is, is, an, estate, is a, an ambassador, lives down in Texas. He has it on his website that his dad's truck's in Jerry's Museum. So it has a little, it has some sentimental value. These cars to people too. You do go to you do go to Hershey every year. In oh October. yeah, uh huh. I'm only 45 minutes from Hershey. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, I love it down there. And you can walk for days. Yes, you can. I've been going since the <clears throat> 50s with my debt with my father. Um, so you're in the you're not in the flea market. You're in the car corral area. Well, if I if I do anything, it would be in the car corral. Now, I just got my notice email yesterday. If I wanted a car corral space, I got to let them know today. <laughs> yeah, because it's getting filled that car corral. Yeah, uh, I don't uh, personally, and this is for our listeners out there. You have all your listeners. I really have become to enjoy. I enjoy the car corral talking to people. But I've, I've also come to enjoy running some of my cars at auction. That when they hit the block, they get bid on, and you get a true sense of the value, and then you make the decision, do you want to sell it? You're not out haggling on the street or on the blacktop. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's part of the fun, though. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. It's always fun. Because I'm a car dealer, so I haggle with the guy on the blacktop. <laughs> try to get the best deal. <laughs> do, you have, do, you have a, do you have a white belt and white shoes? No, no, we gave them up back in the 50s. Yeah, how about yeah. a pinky ring? Yeah, no, none of them. No. <laughs> uh, I, I was at an auction, and this is off color of the, of the museum. But let, let's run through the museum again for folks that might come to Pennsylvania. I heard you mention when we were off the air, you have Yingling Brewery and Gift Shop right, right up there, the, uh, the, the nation's... America's oldest brewery. Yep. You have the coal mine tunnel tour. You have so much to see in this area that you can do. You can go down inside a coal mine. But the museum itself houses the soda fountain, the millinery, a library with a lot of books uh, for research. The upstairs has the drive-in theater, a lot of murals by our local artists, has a ticket booth, it has the bar room, the appliance store, the blacksmith shop back in the back, Steve, if you remember that. Yes. That takes you back, you know, 100-plus years where they, they actually, in Pottsville, made the parts and the wheels and everything and rebuilt horse and buggies. It was a, the capital for transportation in the county. Everybody came to Pottsville to get their horse done and their buggies fixed. 
So a lot of history goes with it, and we put that history into the museum. So from the late 1800s right up to the 60s, now 70s, we have that history in the museum, and uh, we're really proud of it. We're proud of the artifacts, uh, the collection of, of items that people can look back on. It's kind of neat when you have a lady come in here or somebody and say, oh, my God, I had a, my mom had a stroller like that. She pushed me around in. Now it's in the museum, so it really dates people. Do you do, do, you do anything with the school system? Do you do tours with the grade school children? Uh, no, because I, I did one time, and this is kind of a funny story, guys. I, I had a, a Cub Scout group come in, and the dads were more interested in what was in there. The kids walked around and came up to me and said, uh, excuse me, Jerry. I said, yeah. I said, what can I help you with? Well, this is a museum. I said, yeah. Well, where's the dinosaurs and things like that? <laughs> I said, well, I guess they didn't tell you it's a car museum. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, it, it, it's really tough with younger kids. They don't they don't understand the value of stuff, so they're opening doors and touching stuff. And, you know, you were in there, Steve. How clean is the, tell them, how clean is that museum? Yeah, everything is nice and clean and orderly and, and like you said, labeled for the most part. And Do you have a restoration shop? Uh, we have a couple of, uh, I don't personally, but I do have a couple of shops here that do restoration <laughs> for me. I like to buy cars that are just about done. The DeSoto convertible was one of the few we bought we had to put together. But because of the value of it, it was well worth doing. But we've got such a nice collection of one-owner cars like the 76 LTD. Then we just purchased the 73 Z28 Camaro, one-owner. I don't like to get into a big restoration. And folks know you'll spend more money restoring a car than if you found it done. Yes. Because the other person already put the labor in it. Yes, very yes. much so. Yeah. And you're fortunate you have a lot of craftsmen in your area that can do things. Uh, oh, we, we have a, an abundance of body shops and small garages. Uh, I just had my 54 London taxi one run and a uh, nice car. And uh, I took it to the garage on Monday or Tuesday. And uh, they got it running in one day because I had a good mechanic, put an electric fuel pump, changed some lines clean the filters because the London taxi is a diesel. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, went down yesterday in one day and fired it up and drove it back to the car lot. Yeah, like people like Reinholtz and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You ha that's, a, that's a nice area. Uh, and you're, that, that area around Hershey and stuff within that 7,500 miles of Hershey is sort of like uh, the heart of the old car hobby in the eastern United States. Absolutely, and you did see, and you know, Meekum tapped in on on running an auction in Harrisburg. I did not get down to it, but watched it on TV the other night, and they had a doorbuster crowd, never realizing how the audience for classy car owners was in this uh, Pennsylvania area. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, well, you know, the ACA headquarters there, and and of course, Carlisle and the Hershey Fall meets, and 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 uh, well, Carlisle is year round. Yeah, yeah, because well, they've got eight or ten different shows, especially. Right, and you gentlemen are involved with uh, Hershey and AACA, and a member, and I'm a member down there, and uh, 
what's really neat in the fall Carlisle, and give you a little more history on the museum if we have two minutes left, or whatever, the talk, clock's ticking, but for several years, you, you have a lot of people from Holland, Sweden, uh, Hershey brings people, and I think this deserves mention, from all over the world. Oh, absolutely. Hershey is the world center for auto enthusiasts that need parts and that. And I had a gentleman over from Holland, and they come over and make the trip to our museum, and I got to talk to him. And a uh, young guy, about 50, and uh, he comes over here every year. He spends a whole month, and he looks in my museum, and he says, Yerry. You have that paint for my top. I looked all over the world for it. Here in our museum, we have the roof paint for a 1920s leather top. You know how they put the... The, the dressing. Top. The, yeah. yeah, that yeah. top, top dye right. and dressing. Yeah, well, I, ha- I have about 20 pints of it, and he's looking at it, and he looked all over the world at all the car shows to find the original topping, and there we had it in the museum. Oh, for God's sake. That's incredible. And, yeah, and that's a great story. And then the, the gentleman from Sweden, uh, nice people, they started coming up, and they were renting a uh, like a club wagon, and they were bringing anywhere from 8 to 10, 12 people with them every year from Hershey. Between Carlisle and Hershey, they would make a, a, a trip up here to our museum and tour every year, and I always look forward to that. Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, but, David, what... It's about time to put the plug in the jug, I'm afraid. Uh, we're about out of time, Jerry. I want to thank you for being on the show today and invite everybody that's in the Pottsville. You close October 1st, is that right? We're open to the end of October. End of October, I'm sorry. And they can check us out at jerrysmuseum.com. And uh, we'll see the Studebaker sitting right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. It's been a great morning. All right. Thanks, Thank Jerry. you. Thanks, right. Jerry. And you know what Dennis Gates says, happy motoring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and shave your mustache, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he's going to be in McCungie this week. Oh, oh okay. is he? Okay. All right. We'll we'll talk to you soon, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. All right. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.